January 18th, 2022. And there's some good news and there's some bad news. The good news is that Moderna and BioNTech, which are two of the COVID clot shot developers, have shares that are down 8 to 10% today and 60% since August. And the bad news is that Pfizer is going to roll out an Omicron shot in March. So continuing this outrageous story, I'm going to read or perform Dr. Joseph Mercola's blog post today, which is off copyright. And so this is with permission. Story at a glance. Omicron is rapidly overtaking other SARS-CoV-2 variants and currently accounts for 95% of all COVID cases in the United States. Research shows current COVID shots cease to provide any protection against Omicron 30 days post-injection and at 90 days offer negative protection, actually making you more prone to Omicron infection. This effectively makes COVID jab mandates obsolete, yet government and health authorities are still pushing Americans to get jabbed and have already jabbed to get a third booster. Pfizer is now saying it will have an Omicron-specific shot ready in March 2022, at which point Americans will undoubtedly be told to line up for a fourth injection. Professor Andrew Pollard, head of the UK's Committee on Vaccination and Immunization who helped create the Oxford-AstraZeneca shot, said in a January 3, 2022 Daily Telegram interview, quote, we can't vaccinate the planet every four to six months. It's not sustainable or affordable. While the third COVID booster shot started rolling out in late September 2021 and people have been bullied into getting it, that booster is no different from the first two doses. It's not specific against Omicron, which is rapidly overtaking the other variants and currently accounts for 95% of all COVID cases in the United States. A number of studies have already shown that the COVID shots offer very limited protection against Omicron, yet the guidance doesn't change. Quote, get the booster, unquote, is the universal recommendation. But that's like telling everyone to use a flu vaccine from one or two or even three seasons ago. Why take another dose of something that is significantly mismatched to the strains in circulation? This section is entitled, Omicron Makes Vaccine Mandates Obsolete. As noted by Dr. Luke Montagner and Jed Rubenfeld, a lawyer, in a January 9, 2022 Wall Street Journal opinion piece, quote, Omicron makes Biden's vaccine mandates obsolete. There's no evidence the COVID shots reduce infections from this rapidly spreading variant. And this is a quote from the article. It would be irrational, legally indefensible, and contrary to the public interest for government to mandate vaccines absent any evidence that the vaccines are effective in stopping the spread of the pathogens they target. Yet that's exactly what's happening here. As of January 1st, Omicron represents more than 95% of U.S. COVID cases, according to estimates from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Because some of Omicron's 50 mutations are known to evade antibody protection, because more of these mandates are to the spike protein used as an immunogen by the existing vaccines, and because there have been mass Omicron outbreaks in heavily vaccinated populations, scientists are highly uncertain the existing vaccines can stop it from spreading. 
the Supreme Court held in Jacobson versus Massachusetts, 1905, that the right to refuse medical treatment can be overcome when a society needs to curb the spread of a contagious epidemic. At Friday's oral argument, all the Supreme Court justices acknowledged that the federal mandates rest on this rationale. But mandating a vaccine to stop the spread of a disease requires evidence that the vaccines will prevent infection or transmission, rather than efficacy against severe outcomes like hospitalization or death. As the World Health Organization puts it, if mandatory vaccination is considered necessary to interrupt transmission chains and prevent harm to others, there should be sufficient evidence that the vaccine is efficacious in preventing serious infections and or transmission. For Omicron, there is no yet such there is no such evidence yet. The data we have suggests the opposite. The next section is entitled COVID Shots Increase Omicron Infection Risk. The pair go on to cite Danish research showing the Moderna and Pfizer messenger RNA shots have no statistically positive effect against Omicron infection after just 30 days. Worse, 90 days post-injection, their effectiveness goes negative, making those who have received the jabs more susceptible to Omicron infection than the unvaccinated. This is a quote from Morgan Tanyers and Rubenfeld's article. Confirming this negative efficacy finding, data from Denmark and the Canadian province of Ontario indicate that vaccinated people have higher rates of Omicron infection than unvaccinated people. An additional problem is that those who have received the jabs are just as contagious as the unvaccinated once they get infected. Quote, preliminary data from all over the world indicate that this is true of Omicron as well, unquote. That's from the same pair. In a January 10th, 2022 CNN interview, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky actually admitted that, quote, what the COVID shots can't do anymore is prevent transmission. That ought to close the book on the COVID jab mandates, but no. Government is still insisting people inject themselves with a risky product that has no hope of controlling, let alone ending the pandemic. Montagnier and Rubenfeld continue, quote, According to the CDC, the overwhelming majority of symptomatic U.S. Omicron cases have been mild. The best policy might be to let Omicron run its course while protecting the most vulnerable, naturally immunizing the vast majority against COVID through infection by a relatively benign strain. The next section is Pfizer to introduce the Omicron-specific COVID shot. Vaccine makers are not going to give up their golden goose without a fight, though. Pfizer is now saying it will have an Omicron-specific shot ready in March 2022, at which point Americans will undoubtedly be told to line up for a fourth injection. We can't vaccinate the planet every four to six months. It's not sustainable or affordable. That's Professor Andrew Pollard. Depending on where you live, it might actually be your fifth dose. Israel, for example, rolled out a fourth dose of the Pfizer shot for certain vulnerable groups at the end of December 2021. Think about this for a moment. There are people now who have received four messenger RNA gene transfer shots within the span of a single year. Let's be clear, this is not a vaccine. Vaccines are not something you need to keep injecting on a quarterly basis. And as Andrew Pollard, head of the UK's Committee on Vaccination and Immunization, who helped create the Oxford AstraZeneca shot, said in January 3rd, 2022, 
We can't vaccinate the planet every four or six months. It's not sustainable or affordable. The next section is Deltacron variant may be a lab contaminant. The idea that Omicron will remain the prevailing variant by the time Pfizer gets its updated injection done seems doubtful. The virus is rapidly mutating, so chances are there are going to be one or two variants behind. Aside from limiting the protection you might get from the shots, th- th- that mismatch is also likely to keep driving mutations. In short, trying to, quote, vaccinate our way out of this pandemic is a fool's errand. Already, several different variants have made the headlines, including the IHU variant detected in France, which has 46 genetic mutations and 36 deletions from the original virus, the Florina, a combination of the flu and COVID-19, initially identified in Israel, and Deltacron, a Delta variant with an Omicron signature in its genes, detected in Cyprus. So far, none of these mutations has stirred up any significant concern. According to the World Health Organization, IHU is nothing to worry about. And some experts believe the Deltacron variant may be the result of a lab processing error. As reported by CNBC, quote, World Health Organization COVID expert Dr. Kapuli said on Twitter that, in this case, there was likely to have been a, quote, lab contamination of Omicron fragments in a Delta specimen, unquote. Kapuli also insists there's no such thing as Florina. CNBC continues, quote, Other scientists have agreed that the findings could be the result of a lab error, with virologist Dr. Tom Peacock from the Imperial College London also tweeting that, quote, the Cypriot Deltacron sequences reported by several large media outlets look to be quite clearly contamination. In another tweet, he noted that, quote, Quite a few of us have had a look at the sequences and come to the same conclusion, that it doesn't look like a real recombinant, referring to a possible rearrangement of genetic material. Others are less willing to write off Deltacron altogether. Dr. Tatanji, an infectious disease expert at Emory in Atlanta, has noted that the mixing of genetic material between the two widely circulating strains, Delta and Omicron, is possible. Recombination can occur, and with both of these strains in circulation, quote, dual infection with both variants increase this concern, she tweeted. The scientist who discovered Deltacron, Castritas, professor of biological sciences at University of Cyprus, also defends its existence, saying it is not the result of a technical error. In an email statement to CNBC, Castritas stated that 25 cases of the mutation that he found, quote, indicate an evolutionary pressure to an ancestral strain to acquire these mutations and not a result of a single recombination event. He also said that samples were processed in different labs in more than one country and that a genetic sequence deposited by Israeli scientists into a global database has the same genetic characteristics. Still, Cyprus's health minister, and this guy's H. Hajipantela told a local media outlet that they have no concerns about Deltacron at the moment, as both strains are already in circulation. The next section is, are combination infections on the rise? 
with the emergence of Florona and Deltacron, we seem to be entering a phase in which dual infections are emerging. In other words, people are coming down with two viral infections at the same time. NBC Chicago reports, yes, it's possible for someone to be diagnosed with both flu and COVID at the same time, doctors say. Cases of people who have already tested positive for both viruses in what has now been called Florona have been reported recently, but despite some false portrayals online, the viruses have not merged to create a new illness. They remain separate infections. Florona is a thoughtfully named experience that can in fact occur. The flu virus and the COVID-19 virus are different enough that they're different variants, and they both can occur at the same time, said Dr. Lofman, Chair of Family and Community Medicine for Cook County Health. The question is, will a co-infection result in more severe, severe illness? Experts say it's possible, but not a given. It's also difficult to discern whether you're fighting one or two viruses simultaneously to begin with. At present, there's no simple way to discern whether you're infected with one or two viruses. Symptoms of cold, flu, and COVID overlap. The core symptoms are near indistinguishable between flu and COVID. Fever, cough, congestion, muscle or body ache, shortness of breath, headache. These are all very, very common for both flu and COVID, and I think for most of us, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference, Lofman told NBC Chicago. Other symptoms commonly reported with SARS-CoV-2 infection up to and including Delta, but less frequently with influenza include loss of taste or smell, stomach, stomach or gastrointestinal pain, which in some cases could be a sign of microclots in the intestines, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea. The common cold caused by other coronaviruses can also mimic COVID, especially the infection with the Omicron variant. With Omicron infection, prominent symptoms include cough, congestion, runny nose, and fatigue. A key difference in symptomatology between Delta and Omicron is that Omicron does not appear to cause the loss of taste and smell, which often occurs with Delta. Fortunately, Omicron also does not seem to be associated with blood clots like previous strains, especially the initial ones, and it's also far less likely to cause severe lung infections and damage. Treat symptoms early. Considering the uncertainties around the diagnosis, it's best to treat any cold or flu-like symptoms early. Unfortunately, mainstream media and federal health authorities still recommend doing nothing. As reported by NBC Chicago, quote, unless you feel sick enough to seek medical help, Lofman said the guidance doesn't change. Stay home, stay away from others, and if you're sick enough, if you meet criteria to need help, then you know the clinical setting will sort out which testing to do. The CDC urges those who have or may have COVID-19 to watch for emergency warning signs and seek medical care if they experience symptoms including trouble breathing, persistent pain and pressure in the chest, new confusion, inability to wake or stay awake, pale gray or blue-colored skin, lips, or nail beds, depending on the skin tone. This is beyond terrible advice. At first signs of symptoms, you need to start treatment. Perhaps it's the common cold or regular influenza, but since it's hard to tell, your best bet is to treat symptoms as you would COVID. To this day, many who get sick don't have a single remedy in their medicine cabinet. Why is that? 
considering how contagious Omicron is, chances are you're going to get it. So buy what you need now so you have it on hand if and when the symptoms arise. And remember, this applies for those who've gotten the jab as well, since you're just as likely to get infected, and perhaps even more so. Early treatment protocols with demonstrated effectiveness include the following. The Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance's Prevention and Early at Home Treatment Protocol, which you can um, search for on the net. They also have an in-hospital protocol and long-term management guidance for long-haul COVID-19 syndrome. They also have doctors who can prescribe ivermectin and other necessary medicines at the FLCCC website. The American Academy of Physicians and Surgeons protocol for early treatment of COVID can be searched for also. There's also Tess Lorry's World Council for Health protocol and America's Frontline Doctors. Mercola reviewed all of these protocols and believed the FLCCCs is the easiest and most effective. So I posted links at the bottom uh, to get, uh, to get uh, any information you, you need about the uh, protocols. And I mean, this just as my editorial comment, this is the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this idea that we've got to worry about something that probably is an inconsequential cold and get a dangerous immunization or supposed immunization for it is, is just insane. Anyway, thanks for listening.